Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. It is always sweet to get a playoff win, and it's just, just a little bit more sweeter, Zane. Just a little bit more when you get one over the Cowboys. Al Sacco, Zane Nockby, 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast. A winning podcast, Zane, a playoff win. Niners come out, run the football, play defense, Debo being Debo, just an awesome game. It got dicey and, you know, a little bit crazy there at the end. Definitely, I think everybody was sweating it out. But look, they went on the road. They won a playoff game. They're headed to Green Bay after a 10-win season. You know what? This has been a successful year for this team, regardless of what happens from here on out. And I just think fans got to be excited right now about this opportunity to go to Green Bay and, and keep this thing rolling. They were two and four, one point out. And and can you can you imagine flashing back to that time when they were two and four and telling ourselves that hey, you guys are gonna have not only a podcast in the playoffs, but a victory podcast in the playoffs. Unbelievable. I I cannot believe what we just witnessed. I mean, look. When it came down to it, Dallas was the matchup I wanted, right? Like if I was the 49ers, I would want that matchup just because to me, out of all the teams that were, that you had a chance of playing, like I didn't like looking uh, to play the Rams again, if they end up getting the five seed and you know, if somehow Tampa Bay fell to the three seed, I, that's not a good matchup for the, for the 49ers either because of Brady. So Dallas was the one that I wanted. And this is why, because no team had hit Dallas in the mouth. Like the 49ers did, like you could see it. They got the, absolute doors blown off of them in that first half. It wasn't even close. And although the Niners were kicking field goals, credit to Kyle, by the way, for taking the points, because, you know, every one of those field goals mattered in the end. Mm-hmm. Every single point mattered. That's true. And credit to him for for taking, he had a fourth and one there at the beginning of the game. And he could have, he could have, when they were up seven, nothing, and he could have gone for it and, and they may or may not have made it, but they took the points, went up 10, nothing. And then, you know, that three points essentially made it a six point game in the end. Right. So I think that, it wasn't pretty and playoff football, you know, I, I think as we take a step back, Alec, like playoff football often isn't pretty because you have teams that are all equally matched, right? You're not gonna you're you're very rarely gonna see a game like what Kansas City did to Pittsburgh. Like you're not you're not gonna see that very often. Right. And the reason is because right now I truly believe like the the, the teams that are left now are the eight best teams in, in the league and have been the base, best eight teams. You can argue about the 49ers, but aside from them, the seven best teams in the league are remaining. They're, they're left there. So when it comes down to it, we'll see what happens with with the, the Cardinals and Rams uh, as, of the report, as of tonight with the recording. So, But Alec, I think that it's not going to be pretty and you kind of have to hang on for dear life at times. And that's what they did. They hung on for dear life. And I, I couldn't be happier that we are here talking about going to Green Bay next week. Yeah, it seems like when the Niners get out of their own way, when they don't do things to beat themselves, they can beat anybody, anybody. Usually when, when things go wrong, it, it, it tends to be self-inflicted things. So when, when they can clean it up and they can play bully ball, I, I, I really think they have a chance against anyone. And, and, and there's so, so much to hit on here. But I think I want to start, and it, it's something I've said before, just in terms of the job that Kyle Shanahan ended up doing this season, because this was a tale of two seasons mm-hmm. for him. The first eight games of the year, the Niners had a lot of issues. They had issues on the field with self-inflicted wounds. Kyle himself did not have a good start to the season. He wasn't good in the first half. There's no way to sugarcoat it. He did not do a good job in the first half. Um, I also think, in again, I don't know that I have any 
proof that I could tell anyone of this, but I, I think, and, and I feel very strongly about that, the two quarterback thing and all the controversy stuff was affecting the team. And then Kyle pulled it back. He said, Trey, Trey is our backup. He, he made adjustments, whatever, you know, we don't, whatever he did behind the scenes to, to tweak things. And, and look, when people don't do well in this sport, in any sport, the job people like us or pundits or writers or whatever, you're going to criticize them. They're going to get criticized. In the beginning of the season, Kyle Shanahan deserved criticism. The second half of the season into the playoffs, playoffs Kyle Shanahan deserves praise. Kyle Shanahan turned it around. He got his team to 10 wins and 10 and seven is the new 10 and six to me. If you get to 10 wins, whether it's 17 games or 16 games, I think you're going to make the playoffs. I think that's still a good standard. And he got his team there. The team got there. They got to 10 wins. They got in the playoffs and they won a road playoff game. So right now this is a successful season for me. I told you before, I think if they just got in the playoffs, it was a successful season. From now on, they're playing with the house's money to me. This isn't a successful season and Kyle Shanahan deserves a ton of credit, as do some of his coaches, which we'll get into. But right now we're talking about the head coach who was the CEO who saw things were amiss, made whatever changes he made. You know, we're not we're not in that locker room. We're not in the meetings. We're not watching film with him. We, we don't we don't know exactly what he did, but whatever it was, it, it turned things around for the better and, and, and good on him. Because right now it, it looks like things are heading up for this team. And, and, and who knows what can happen in the next three, four weeks. The game plan that he came out with against Dallas was perfect. It's almost as if Dallas was just caught flat-footed at the beginning, and the Niners came down right away and, like, no problem, scored seven. Mm-hmm. And right away, Dallas is down, and right away, they come back. Niners get a three and outs. Bosa gets the sack. Uh, and we'll have an update on Bosa shortly in the show as well. But Bosa gets the sack, and they got the ball back again. And every time they touch the ball, their first four possessions, every time they touch the ball, they scored points. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you, that's what you want to do, and that's what you have to do in the playoffs. If you expect to win, and from that standpoint – it was it was a tale of two halves as well, right? Much like you say, Kyle's season was a tale of two seasons. But I mean, he stayed the course. Elijah Mitchell was averaging less than four yards a carry at one point. He kept running the ball. Mm-hmm. He did not abandon it. And I think that that's one of the things that we're seeing from Kyle Shanahan is like, okay, we're seeing him kind of break out of his tunnel vision a little bit. That's plagued him in the past. The play with the Debo touchdown where he threw to Juwan Jennings against the Rams, like that's something you usually don't see Kyle call. But I mean, like. It feels like he's slowly starting to evolve as a as a head coach, and maybe not even slowly. I mean, over the last ten weeks, I mean, they're what eight and two over the last ten weeks, Alan, mm. including this this win. Yep. So, I mean, the last ten weeks, like you'll be very, it would be very, very hard to find a team that's been hotter than the 49ers. And I think when you're in the playoffs, that is what matters, right? You got ten now, right? Uh, sorry, you got eight wins now, right? You need eleven, so basically to end the season, and. You know, the job that Kyle's done, the job that D'Amico Ryan's has done, Chris Kusarek on the defensive line, like mm-hmm. he had multiple guys out there. They had no edge guys at one point. Ebukam got hurt. You had Jordan Willis get hurt, and, and, and Bosa was hurt as well. And they had no edge guys at one point in the game, and they were still able to get major pressure on Dak Prescott. They were still able to control the tempo of the game. They gave up 17 points, seven of which you can say, were, or I guess 10 of which you can say were directly a result of special teams slash Jimmy. And they just did a phenomenal job with the number one offense in the league out. And this Cowboys offense has set all sorts of records this year for most touchdowns, most yards, all the sort of most points scored, like all, all sorts of stuff. And the 49ers made their offense look like nothing. And that's to me a culmination of what you've been seeing the second half of this season, mm-hmm. where when their backs were up against the wall and they needed that win, it started with the, that Rams game, right? Where they, we, we didn't think that they would win. Started with that Rams game in the middle of the season. And when they went to three and five, that was the time where we're like, all right, you know, maybe they can do something, get back to 500. And they did. They passed 500. 
They got the win against the Rams at the end of the season to get in the playoffs. And now, Al, like every year there's one team that's kind of pesky that just sneaks in. And it's it's sometimes it's Seattle. We know some more when it's Seattle, but they just do a lot of damage because it's like, oh, they weren't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And they'll get in and they'll start beating people all of a sudden. You're like, where the hell did these guys come from? And I really think that I really think the Niners can be that team. Like I said earlier this week that um during wildcard weekend, there's always one team that uh is is upsetting another team, right? There's always that one game where you see that big upset, and the Niners were that one game. They were also the only team to win on the road during wildcard weekend. So again, house money, like you said, to me, I, I think this is a, a really great thing because when they drop Trey into this offense next year, it's a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we know what this team is. It's a playoff team at this point. So in that sense, like they're getting that playoff experience. A lot of these young guys, Kyle's getting more playoff experience, and it's great. It, this is a, this is a really really positive development that we didn't think we would see this season. And you mentioned Ryan's and Kosarek and, and just this defensive coaching staff. The job that they have done. Just look at the last two weeks. You know we've seen them progress as the season has gone. The last two weeks, Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott looked shook. They dropped back and they both looked like they were seeing ghosts. They both looked like they were ready to take a sack before. Sometimes there was even any pressure. They looked shook. They both got sacked five times. They both got hit 13 plus times. Um, And a big reason for that is this coaching staff and this defensive line that just keeps coming. Okay. In this game, Nick Bosa goes out with a concussion. And I was like, oh man, because Nick Bosa is great. But Bosa, DJ Jones, Eric Armstead, Kevin Givens, Charles Amenehue, and Samson Ibukan all contributed to sacks yesterday. Jordan Willis pressured um, Prescott into throwing the interception to to Kwan Williams. They just kept coming. Every single one of them just kept coming. The same thing at the Rams game. And look, a lot of these guys, we know who Armstead is. We know who Bosa is. If you're a Niners fan, you certainly know who DJ Jones is. But Kevin Givens, Manahue, Ibukam, Willis, these are not household names. And they are putting in any piece that they want right now. And just, just Brian Baldinger said it, they're like sharks, right? They just go and they're going to eat. That is coaching. They're getting coached up. They got the talent. But they're also getting coached up. And you look in the secondary, what I don't know how the hell they're they're doing it. But now you have Emmanuel Mosley back, who has quietly had a hell of a season. I mean, you're not hearing right. about it nationally, but he's he's played at a Pro Bowl level this year. We know Kwan Williams is solid, and now Ambry Thomas is playing terrific. Terrific. He had a PFF grade of like I think it was eighty three something. Yeah. In, in the in the wild card game, he's been terrific. Yep. And I want to say with him, Zay, can, can we pause? Can we stop as a fan base or whatever, calling players busts, calling draft pick busts yeah. after six or seven <laughs> games? This dude didn't even play last year, Ambry Thomas. Of course, he's going to need time to get acclimated. I thought he was going to need the whole year. But now he's out here starting on a playoff team and, and doing really well. So we got to stop with that. Even draft class, you don't know for a little bit. You cannot go out halfway into the season and be like, oh, this this guy's a bust. You don't even know what Aaron Banks is yet. Wait till next year. Wait till, you know, it takes time. But what this defense has done is one of the reasons why I have hope moving forward because I do have concerns with the offense as talented as, as they are, and I'll get into that. But this defense right now, and look, you got Brady, or I'm sorry, you have Rodgers and probably Brady on the horizon if 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 you're going to really get to the Super Bowl. And, and listen, if they beat Rodgers and Brady, I, I mean, my God, but Listen, we'll see what happens. But the last two weeks against two very good quarterbacks, Stafford and, and, and Prescott, shook, shook. And they really overall shut those those offenses down. It's been really impressive. Unbelievable job. And good on Kyle. Again, I want to I want to credit Kyle again. Good on him for benching Josh Norman. He saw something there and he was like, no, you're not playing anymore. And to have the guts to start Ambry Thomas in a playoff game 
rookie rookie cornerback. He hasn't he's never been a full time starter here in the pros. Just picked up starting like halfway through the season, and like you said, he started and he was fantastic against those those receivers in Dallas. Like that's mm-hmm. a potent offense in Dallas, and I think that the job that they did against them is just such a testament to to how good they are and how good they've been coached up. Like you said, and and the talent is there. The talent's always been there, but it's like we've seen more talented defenses fail, right? Like we have. Right. And when it comes to the coaching staff that they put on, like D'Amico Ryan's is, is very soon going to get head coaching candidate interviews and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and he des- deservedly so. He is a fantastic, like he's in his first year. That's what, that's what people don't realize. It's like, oh, wow, this defense is doing so well, but it's a rookie defensive coordinator. And yeah, it started off slow and there's that Green Bay game at the end. And I think that, you know, there are little things here and there that, it could, that they could do a little bit better. Like I feel like, you know, their end of, half slash end of game defense could be a little bit soft. But I mean, Al, if that's the biggest complaint we have with them, I mean, it's they're they've been doing pretty well. Yeah. Right? If that's the biggest complaint, like, oh, you need to cover better in a situation where they need a Hail Mary. I'm like, hell, like half the teams in the league can't cover that, right? Because of the way the rules are. So I mean the the job that they've done defensively is is unbelievable. And defense travels, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing in the playoffs. Nobody wants to play a team that plays really good defense and can run the ball and you can make an argument right now that the 49ers have the best defense left in the playoffs right now. You can make an argument, right? Pittsburgh's out, mm-hmm. but with the job that they've done and if, and if everybody's healthy, you can make an argument for this being the best defense. And it's almost kind of like a mirror image of 2019. And I hate to go back to that because like, you know, the players are different and the circumstances are different, but it's almost like that where they're they're, they've got shaky quarterback play, which we'll talk about in, in, a, in a bit. Mm-hmm. But they're running the ball and they're playing defense and they're making big plays. And when it takes like a fluke, you know, fake punt to work and an interception that was totally a stupid throw for them to get back in the game, I don't think that, you know, this was even that close of a game, to be honest. Right. It was just mm-hmm. those two plays that made it closer than it should have been. And you mentioned that having the best defense left, you know, Tampa's got a hell of a defense, right? And one of the reasons is you can't run on Tampa. You can't run on the yeah. Niners either. Niners, since since the Arizona game, which is kind of was the rock bottom of their season, right, when they lost Colt McCoy, they've had one team hit 90 yards on the ground on them. Rams had 52, Jags 54, Vikings 67. Well, Seattle had 146, but 70-something, that was a fake punt. That To me, that's special yeah. teams. That's not on the defense. So that was just 70-something yards to, to Seattle. Bengals were 86, Falcons 62, Titans 90, Texans 86, Rams 64. So, and then I, I don't have the Cowboys in front of me, but they didn't run for very much yards. I'll look it up, but they didn't run for much either. So when you look at that defense that you can't run on them and then they get after you, <laughs> you, you know, when, when a quarterback is going back, he's, he's shook right now. It's, it's crazy. And we'll see because they have the test of all tests against Aaron Rodgers this week because Rodgers is playing as well as we've seen him play in his brilliant career. He's just magnificent in that offense. But look, the Packers have had a lot of postseason disappointment, you know? So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But this defense is absolutely rolling right now, and they gave up 77 yards on the ground to the Cowboys, 3.7 yards per carry. So the Cowboys didn't do much with Pollard and Zeke either. So, yeah, that that defense is, is humming. And before we get into – because I – I feel very, very positive about everything that's happened. So I want to keep this mostly positive. I do have a little negative thing to say, but I, I'm pushing it off for right now. It's not a little negative thing, but I'm pushing it off. Because now I want to talk about Debo. Zane, yeah. is Debo Samuel the best player in football? Is he the most impactful player in football right now? 
Not the best. Is he maybe the most he's, impactful player in football? He's the most exciting player in football. Like I, I would hesitate. Like non, may, I, well, maybe we'll say non-quarterback, right? The the, the right, center, right, yes. but yeah, yeah, like non-QB for a position player. Like yeah, like a non-QB position player. Like I would say Debo is probably the most exciting player in football now. Like just he does literally everything. Mm-hmm. He runs. He throws. He catches. He blocks. Like he literally he returns kicks. This is exactly what. I said it early in the season. I said it several times. This is exactly what teams wanted Tavon Austin to be and what teams wanted Percy Harvin to be and what teams wanted Cordell Patterson to be. But Debo's been doing it better than all of them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the same speed, but my God, this guy is so tough. And the touchdown run that he had, the cutback that he made, Al, that's like a running, that's like a veteran running back <laughs> cutback that he made. You know, that's not like, you don't, you don't expect to see that out of a second year, third year receiver, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I, I think that when it comes down to it, like it, Debo right now is the most impactful player on the 49ers. You can make an argument that Bosa is as well, but Debo, I mean, think about this. Kittle had one catch in that game and nobody even noticed because Debo was basically running the entire show, him and Ayuk. So when you have that kind of production out of your, out of your wide receiver where he contributes in other places, he's a, he's a flat out unicorn. And it's funny, Al, because I, I I fully expect next year in the in the uh, forthcoming years as well, you'll see more teams kind of try to find their own version of Debo. It's mm-hmm. a copycat league, right? So I think that potentially Debo has changed the way that receivers are are used and viewed because there's already, you know, running backs are already kind of like a dime a dozen right at this point, right? And if you can get that same production out of a receiver, which is essentially what the Niners got, and that's no slight to Elijah Mitchell, who's been fantastic, by the way, on his own. Right. But when they've gotten running back production out of a wide receiver or wide back or what whatever, you know, Debo wants to call himself now at this point, it's been unbelievable and so much fun to watch. He's he's a, a chess piece that really nobody has has an answer for. And you can make a case again, we're talking non QBs here, obviously. Cooper Cup has has made some huge plays for the Rams. Jonathan Taylor carried the Colts. Debo Samuel has got Samuel has to be right up there with non QB MVP this year. If you watch the 49ers games, but just not not only you know the big plays, the things, the plays he made that probably saved their season. Think mm-hmm. about that. And you just go back to the Bears game when what was it, third and nineteen, and yeah. the Niners looked like okay, this is about to be over. We're about to be in Trey Lance time. Like it's it, we're headed to three and six. It's over. They throw just a, a little screen to him on third and nineteen, and he takes it. I don't think he took it to the house, but he took it whatever, the two-yard line or whatever it was, changed mm-hmm. the entire season around, the entire season. And he did it all year. When they needed a play, he made it, right? Even yesterday, like, okay, he missed. They didn't give him a first down. I thought he had the first down to seal the game. And it was just a jet That's sweep. Good. They knew he was running. They knew they were running. Yeah. And he still gets 10 yards. And you mentioned the touchdown. When you need a play, you just put the ball in his hands. It doesn't have to be a throw down field. You literally just give it to him. I, I've never seen a play. Just hey, here, run around here. We're just going to give you the ball and just go get 15 yards. It's been insane. And I didn't see this coming at all. I mean, he seemed no. like he was a, a gadget wide receiver to me a little bit that first year. And he had a great rookie year. Don't get me wrong. He was at a thousand yards. And then last year he's banged up, but I'm kind of like, you know, are they just going to use him as a running back? What do they, well, he's been everything this year. The guy's just been unbelievable. And he is going to get a huge contract from this team, and they are going to keep him around. Another plus of having a, a rookie QB contract because you can you can pay a guy like him. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's it's been amazing. It's been one of the funnest 
sort of rises I can I can remember from from this team to really watch a guy just kind of come up and and just be the team MVP like that it's kind of out of nowhere it's been great yeah and when he got first got drafted he reminded me and I first saw him play reminded me kind of like a baby Anquan Bolden a little bit and one of the things about him and if you read his draft profile it's still up there right you know NFL.com does their, their draft profiles for everybody you read how he's built like a running back right? Like he's got like a, like a wide bottom and he's like, you know, he's like thicker in the legs and stuff like that. He built like a running back. And that's exactly what they've been using him as. And earlier on in the season, like I wasn't really with them running him between the tackles and things like that, because I didn't mm-hmm. think he could protect himself, but it's like, as he's gone on, as the season's gone on, like not only can he protect himself, but he thrives as well. So it is a hundred percent absolutely necessary that he stays healthy going forward as well. They have to keep him healthy. And is a hundred percent absolutely necessary that they keep continuing to in- involve him in the game plan. And I think Al, like some of his in- his involvement in the game plan, heavier involvement, has taken away touches from guys like you know Jeff Wilson Jr. and guys like that that, that are yeah. still good players. And and that's unfortunate. But you know when you're getting the production that you are out of Debo, and this is where I appreciate Kyle and how he's he's evolved a little bit is that he keeps giving it to him, right? Like he's not going to go away from him and be like, oh, you know what, I got to get Jeff Wilson Jr. involved. Let's get him in the game and then let's get him the ball. But I mean, we're, we're, and everybody knows that we're, we're big JWJ fans on the show, right? Yep. Everybody knows yep. that. And he hasn't touched the ball in a month. And it's crazy to say that because he was one of the team's biggest contributors up until, up until the, the, the last half of this year. So when you have that ability to have a guy like Debo on, on your team to pre- present matchup problems everywhere on the field, you take, that, you take advantage of that. And previously it was Kittle, and Kittle's still that matchup problem. But I mean, I think that now at this point, it's not like it was before where if Kittle was, was staying in a run block, you just don't have anything and you can't move the ball. Right. That's not the case anymore. Right. And it's, it's really fun to see what this offense has evolved into. And Al, this is what we were talking about earlier this season. Like wait till they all get on the field. Right. Yeah. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Mitchell. This is exactly what we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is, now, this is what they look like. And now Jennings too, who's been a great role piece and Kittle's mm-hmm. disappearances. It's bugging me a little bit, but the Niners just don't throw enough to have volume. So, I Ayuk is, yeah. is is has stepped up. Ayuk's been fantastic. He was one of the best players on the field yesterday. Would have had huge numbers if if you know the pass sailed over his head. That would have been a huge game. Um, but he but he's, so he's but he still had a good a good game. Yeah. But Kittle, you know, he had that really real hot streak where he had twelve for one eighty one, fifteen for one fifty one, six for ninety three, and then his last four games have been three for twenty one, two for twenty nine, five for ten, and yesterday was one for 18 in terms of catches and receptions. And he almost, he almost had a big fumble, um, but the ball hit the ground. So I, I would like to see him get a little bit more involved just early on, just because he does, even that 18 yard catch, he catches it, he runs down the field. He makes a huge impact. I don't like that. He hasn't been involved because I think there's, there is, there are enough targets to go around for Debo, Ayuk and Kittle. But I guess when you want to run the ball 35, 40 times and only throw it, 20 to 25 times, I guess it's hard to balance everybody out. But you mentioned those three, those three players. Look, I really believe this. The 49ers offensive line has been awesome this year, right? They, they have a terrific offensive line. You have Mitchell who just steals people's souls when he runs mm-hmm. terrific running back. And even if you don't have Mitchell, you got something like Jeff Wilson. You always have a running game on this team. Debo is a blue chip player. Kittle is a blue chip player. And Ayuk is very, very good. And then you have Juwan Jennings as a complimentary piece. When you have a trigger man who could who could really throw the ball downfield and, and that will allow Kyle to, to throw more, that he trusts someone to throw more, 
they will mark my words. If they get the quarterback, they will be on par with any offense in this league. Chiefs, Bills, what the Cowboys did statistically um, when the Rams were lighting things up. The Bucks, the Niners can be on point with, with, with any of those teams. They can score with any of those teams. They have so much freaking talent. That's why when they kind of hover at 23 points and can't get over that, it, it, it drives me crazy. Because you cannot tell me with all those guys on the team on the field that they they can't just plow over people. They just can't put up 30, 35 points. They 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 should be able to. Um, but I'll, I'll, before I get into that, I'll, I'll I'll let you hit hit on anything if you want to say about the the um, skill positions. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I think that they could never get healthy at the same time, and it was just like they're missing one or missing another or missing all of them. And I think that now they they've gotten healthy at the right time. And again. The, the whole the whole quarterback thing I think that once once next year happens and I don't want to look forward to next year already but whatever happens in the playoffs Trey is going to take over the team we know this right mm-hmm. like that's that's a foregone conclusion and when that happens it'll be interesting to see what Cobb does is he going to open up the playbook is he going to kind of keep the handcuffs on Trey much like he kept the handcuffs on Jimmy when Jimmy started kind of throwing it around a little bit like what's he going to do right mm-hmm. like and that's that's up to Kyle because Trey is superior athletically in every way, right? We know this and in age and in durability, we'll see because that's something that you can't really measure, but right. athletically, like he, he can make any throw on the field. He can, he seems to be able to read defenses pretty well. And uh, at, at the outset uh, and you know, you have a lot of potential there. So whether Kyle can turn that potential into something tangible, we'll see. But I mean, for the time being, I think that, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the 49ers for better or for worse, right? Right. And man, he, over the last, as we get into the, I guess that now we're kind of like putting clouds over people's sunshine at part of the show. But man, for the last month, Jimmy has been really bad. And you know mm-hmm. me, Alan, you know how much, you know how much I support Jimmy, but he's been really bad the last four weeks. And I don't think he's going to get any better, to be honest, because it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, he's all of a sudden going to figure it out. It's just, he's been consistently bad. And it's that Jekyll and Hyde sort of stuff that caused the 49ers to trade for Trey Lance. And that's why he's here. That throw that he made first, the, the IU throw, I was, you know, that, that upset me a little bit, but Al, if you look back on it and I'm not making excuses, it was a bad throw. He needed to hit that, but I felt like he thought that IU would turn that up field a little bit. IU went towards the sideline and he threw that up field when it should have basically been on the sideline. And there's, there may have been some miscommunication there, but still you got to hit that. That's mm-hmm. the, the fact that he didn't see that earlier is, is also a problem too, right? Like he almost saw it when Ayuk was on the sideline. That's way too late. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the second one, and you know exactly which one I'm going to, I'm going to point to right now, just the, the inexcusable interception with four minutes left in the game, four minutes of change left in the game in a, you're up 23 to 13 at that point, or well, 23 to 10 at that point, 13 points. All you have to do is hold on to the ball. It's second and five. Mm-hmm. He was rolling out, throw the damn thing away. I don't, first of all, I don't, I didn't really agree with, with the call to pass there. I don't think they needed to do that. They should have been running the ball, but regardless, if you're throwing it and it's not there, the play breaks down, throw the damn thing away, live for another down inexcusable interception there, Al. And it single-handedly put Dallas back in the game. And that is exactly why they want people that, why people want Jimmy gone is because he has far too many of those plays. And look, I've criticized Kyle for not developing Jimmy in the past, but if you're a Kyle Shanahan and you see that. What are you supposed to do? Right. What do you do with that? Right. Like right. there's, there's nothing you can do with that. That's just so bad. And in that instance, Jimmy was really good in the first half and he was bad in the second half. We know why he has a sprained shoulder and we'll see it. We'll see how that affects him in the green Bay game. 
So his whole right arm between the thumb and the shoulder is is not functioning properly. So we'll see how he plays. But Al, it's just I can't believe he made that throw in that in that circumstance in that instance. Like you cannot do that as an NFL quarterback, as a as a eight year veteran, five year starter. You know, you, you learn under Brady. Like, did you learn nothing under Brady? Did you learn nothing from Belichick? Like, did you learn nothing in your time here? Like, mm-hmm. you can't make that throw. This is kind of where I am with the quarterback thing. You know, I'm always thinking about this stuff, right? I'm always thinking about football and the team. It's like, I don't know what other people think about, but I'm thinking about the 49ers most of the time <laughs> and the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like, that's usually what's going through my head. Yeah. I'm thinking about just the, just the quarterback position in the league as we look at everything. You can't expect to have a Brady or a Rodgers or a Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Those guys are just freaks, right? They're just the elite of the elite, and mm-hmm. there's only a handful of them. Maybe Joe Burrow's getting there. Um, we've seen Russell Wilson play to an elite level. He hasn't done the past year and a half, but um, you know he's another guy who's done that. There just aren't many guys like that. So as we get into the playoffs here, as we get into the end, you're seeing – Burrow and the Titans are sort of 49ers ish where they just have a really good team, right? Um, yeah, but you have Burrow, you have Allen, you have Mahomes, you have Rodgers, you have Brady, you have the 49er ish team, and then you know, we'll, we'll see what happens as we're recording this on a Monday. What happens with the Cardinals and, and, and the Rams? Um, obviously, Murray can take over a game. Stafford had a good first half of the season, he has not been good in the second half. But my point is that there's only four or five of these guys in probably at least three of them are going to be in the NFC championship game. I, I would think so it's tough to get those guys. Everybody else is just kind of a guy, right? You have your guys who stink, but then there's a lot of them, 10 to 15 who are just kind of a guy, I guess. What you want those guys to do is make some big throws and not, not blow the game up, take care of the ball. Right. So where I am with Jimmy is Jimmy can be a very good quarterback. Jimmy can be a clutch quarterback. Jimmy gets rid of the ball quickly. Um, Jimmy's teammates love him, right? The issues yeah. with Jimmy have been turnovers and that he can't stay healthy, right? And Kyle, for the most part, I don't think trusts him. And again, can you blame him? So, and, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to not, again, I don't want to mix a negative thing because again, I think the Niners, I think they've had a really successful season and that's something to celebrate regardless of what happens. But if they really have a shot at this, he has to take care of the football, Zane. Yeah. The last, what is it? Three games. Is it the last three games? Let me just double check here. It is. He has two touchdown passes and five interceptions in the last three games. Awful. That's awful. awful. And think about what the interceptions are, okay? Tennessee, you are just, again, you're stealing their soul, right? You're about to put the knockout punch in them. Interception in the end zone. Another interception for an easy score for them. He got them back in the game. The quarterback in that game got them back in the game. Rams. You're about to put it away. All you got to do is don't turn the ball over and the game is over. Interception in the end zone, right? Mm-hmm. This game, the game was over. That rollout play, he could have just fell down if he wanted to or just throw it out of bounds. You throw yep. the one thing you can't do, the game was over. Now, they lost to the Titans. They've, they've escaped against the Rams and the, and the Cowboys, and they did escape at the end. As well as they played, it was kind of a you know escape act. And even when he was going to do the QB sneak, he hiked it too damn soon. Trent Williams was still, or whatever it was, Trent Williams ended up getting a false start because he hiked it too soon. He, Kyle admitted it, and then Jimmy said it too. And even if you look at the Cincinnati game, he did he threw it right to this in the safety's arms at the end of the game. The safety just dropped it. So, yes, can he be good? Yes. And do the, four, is, do the 49ers win with him? Yeah, but a lot of it is like when he's clutch, he's putting out fires that he made. 
right? He started the fires and he's helping to put them out. But a lot of it is he's just got this terrific team around him. He's just got the keys to this great car. Just don't crash it, dude. Just don't crash it. Like if he plays smart football next week, they have a really good chance to win. He just has to take care of the football. He can't have a, a, even if he throws an interception, it just can't be a crushing interception. They've been crushing turnovers and and they've, they've gotten out of it. And, and, you know, I'm hearing people like, it just drives me crazy because again, I just want to live in reality. Jimmy Garoppolo is what he is. He can be a very good quarterback because he's also a mistake prone quarterback and he can kill you. You got people out there and not just randos on Twitter. I've seen randos on Twitter, like saying, you know, he's got the, the same winning percentage as Joe Montana and road games. Well, this was a road game. <laughs> Did he win that game? <laughs> this, you know what I mean? It's so stupid to compare him to Joe Montana in someone who covers the team who, who, you know, how I feel about is saying the same thing about, well, Joe Montana had three interceptions in the NFC championship game. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me with these comparisons? And that's why people get frustrated. If people just said what it is, look, he's, he's got a big heart. He picks himself up when he makes a mistake because he does. And I, I respect the hell out of that. He could throw five interceptions and he'll still go and make a play. I respect the hell out of that. But he is a mistake-prone quarterback who hurts this team at times. He can also help the team. Both can be true. But let's stop trying to like justify these inexcusable mistakes with like, oh, well, Joe Montana threw three interceptions in a game. What? <laughs> what are we doing? It's it's okay to like Jimmy and still point out his flaws. That that's that's what covering a sports team is. You're still gonna point you're gonna point out the flaws of people, and his flaws are hurting the team. Well, we won anyway. Okay, do you want to win a championship? Because you're going to need your quarterback to not make plays. I'm glad you're happy you made the playoffs. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad they won a playoff game. The ultimate goal is to win the championship. Your owner even said it, right? We don't, whatever he said when he hired Harbaugh, mm-hmm. we don't, whatever he said, we don't hang banners unless we win a Super Bowl or we don't hang NFC championship banners, whatever he said. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. And if your quarterback is preventing you from that, that's a problem. Now, this is, this is the reason why they moved on to Trey and this is going to be a moot point and whatever. But they're trying to win a championship right now, right? They have an opportunity to win a championship right now. And to do that, they need Jimmy Garoppolo to take care of the football. I feel attacked, Al. I tweeted at you earlier today. I'm like, hey, man, they won. Why are we doing this? I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I actually want to <laughs> touch on that too in a little bit because I thought it, I think it's it's I, I think it's a fascinating just looking at the history wise. But no, I, I look again, I'm not knocking it. They won the game and I'm happy, right? Like, but if yeah. you're going to win a championship, the truth of the matter is in the past three games, he has two touchdown passes and five interceptions. If you want right. to win the next three, the next three, he cannot have two touchdown passes and five interceptions again. He's not playing. He's not playing at a championship level. He's not like it's. It's he's not even close to a championship level. And that's I think that's the worry that I have as we kind of like talk about what concerns us. Number one, like your quarterback is not playing at a level conducive to winning a Super Bowl because that's the goal now, right? You're in the playoffs, so that's the goal that all these teams have. And I think that. To your point, if he plays a mistake-free game in Green Bay, which, I mean, I don't know if he can at this point because he's just throwing it all over the place, but if he plays a mistake-free game against Green Bay and doesn't turn the ball over, they'll win. Like, I'll basically gar- almost guarantee that because they, they do win because they're a good team mm-hmm. when they don't make mistakes. Very good team, yeah. And they're a very good team when they don't make mistakes. And I, I just I just think that it's those self-inflicted wounds. And uh, also, Al, speaking of self-inflicted wounds, I do want to get to the, the, the whole end of the game sequence and all that stuff and what the Dallas Cowboys are saying about this and what the national media is saying about this. We will get to that in a sec, but 
fascinating, funny stuff that's actually coming out uh, in the aftermath of that loss from, from Dallas from their side. But I mean, I think that when they, when they play mistake-free football, they're a really good team. And we've seen them play so few of those games this year that I hope that they can just pull one out in the playoffs or just pull out a couple of the playoffs. And if they play, if they do play mistake-free football, like most teams, right, they'll, they'll win. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, you've got, you've got obviously the issue with Jimmy and, and how he keeps turning the ball over and he has not been good in the last month. And if a team shuts down your run, we'll have to see how they're going to play. But mm-hmm. there's the other separate issue, Al, of special teams. And first of all, the good on special teams, Robbie Gold, just nails. He's just been fantastic. Tra- terrific the last two weeks. Terrific. Yep. Yeah. The last two weeks, he's been absolutely terrific. Like they wouldn't be here without Robbie Gold, right? Like he's been awesome. He's taken some criticism from the fans and, and from us about not performing and, and holding out and stuff, but he's been fantastic. When the money's been online, he's been great this season so far. So mm-hmm. uh, shout out to him. But man, the special teams unit for the second time in a year, like usually you'll see a team mess up on a fake punt like once a year, right? Like it'll just happen like a fluke thing. Right. And then they clean it up. At that point, like I was sitting on the couch watching a game next to my dad. Like I was just like, but th- watch for the fake. Like this is probably a fake. It's fourth and five. It's late in the game. They need they need points. There's there's nowhere they're pun- there's no way they're punting this. And CBS analyst slash Dallas Cowboys fan Tony Romo called it out too. And everybody knew that it was coming at some point. Apparently, Richard Hightower and Josh Norman didn't. And Josh Norman was the one, by the way, that turned his back on that that receiver and ran down the field instead of covering him. So. Yep. Again, like this, and that's what got them back in the game, right? They only got a field goal out of it, but they that got them some momentum. And I don't know how many times special teams is going to mess up and give the other team a chance. Like the, the, there's the Nazacha roughing the kicker penalty where Dallas is punting out of their own end zone and it essentially cost the 49ers 25 yards of field position because they started that ensuing drive inside their own 10. Like it's just things like that. In playoff football, you cannot do. And Kyle came out today in the press conference. He's like, you know, we can't expect to get by in Green Bay with that type of effort on special. He said that. He called them out. And I hope that there's some sorts of changes there. Like, at this point, it's like, you know, against Dallas, in that circumstance, you know they like to fake punts. You know that. They've done it several times this year. Leave your defense on the field. Leave your base defense on the field. You don't care about the punt return. You want the ball back. Leave your base defense on the field. Put your punt return back through the safety position and have a fair catch it, and that's it. Yep. And there's been way too many gaps like that on special teams. And if it comes down to special teams, they are easily the worst unit on this team. And I, and I really hope it doesn't come down to them because I don't see them succeeding as a result of the special team. They've been that bad this year. Yeah. They have to change that in the off season. And again, just like the Garoppolo turnovers, you hope that special teams doesn't cost them a game as well. It's a great, they almost did. Yeah. I'm sitting here talking about Jimmy special teams are just as big of an issue. You know, it could hurt them just as bad. Um, the only other thing I want to say about Garoppolo was, um, yeah, so I put out on Twitter today, I was just thinking about just teams that have had consistent success and made runs to Super Bowls, whether they won it or not, who had a quarterback who's Garoppolo-ish, who they almost play around, right? I'm just trying to think of some people, just because just I'm, I'm really interested in the history of the game, and it's just interesting to me. Brad Johnson was a, was maybe mm-hmm. a guy, you know, Mark Rippon. A lot of those Redskins teams, they had like Jay Schrader and Mark Rippon. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe Roethlisberger in those first few years, they kind of just ran the ball and and played good defense. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Stan Humphreys, San Diego was forty seven and twenty nine yeah. with him, right? Uh, Jim McMahon, I thought of. I don't think Trent Dilfer because Trent Dilfer was, I mean, throw the ball nine times and literally just don't screw up. Like that's he was really awful. what he Trent was. was yeah, I, I don't even think he's, a, you know, just somebody who's a who's a pretty good quarterback, but 
not good, you know, either mistake prone or limited enough where you play around them, but you still have sustained success. Cause Jimmy's kind of in that weird area, right? When you look at quarterbacks who make Super Bowls, Jake DeLome, maybe, you know, guys like that, you look at quarterbacks mm-hmm. who make Super Bowls are usually for the most part, you know, even Cam Newton was like an MVP that year, stuff like that. I just thought it was interesting. And Zane was like, shut up, Al, they won. But whatever the hell you said, but I wasn't trying to knock him in that, in that tweet. I was just like, it's just interesting to me. I don't know. So. Yeah. What about, um, gosh, uh, guys like, um, the dudes from, uh, like Mike Tomzak, right? Yeah. Mike, like Rex, oh, Mike Tomzak. And then he and didn't make the a Super dude, Bowl. The though. other dude, Neil O'Donnell, right? Yes. Right. Neil O'Donnell's a great one. one. Yeah. He's a, that's a great Kerry Collins, like guys like Kerry that. Collins, yeah, like, Kerry, exactly. Yeah. Kerry Collins. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jake DeLong. I mean, I mean, he had a great year. Jake DeLong had a great year. Uh, Nick Foles had showed up for half a year, but even on Nick Foles to some extent, he did have a great Super Bowl. Right. Like Nick but, Foles, like carried yeah. the Eagle, like Nick Foles, same thing with Joe Flacco. Like Joe Flacco was awesome in the postseason. He had like 11 touchdowns and no interceptions or whatever it was. Not a QB who just gets hot. Not a QB yeah. who gets hot, a QB who the team plays around and they're still successful. That's, it's just, That's I don't so know. So, right. Just wait, really sit and think about it. I'm a, I'm a dork when it comes to football. So I always sit and think about that stuff. Um, that's so another thing now you got me thinking I'm like, yeah, yeah. right. See where I'm coming from. So yeah. another thing I thought was interesting is we're talking about this, the Niners who are almost, you know, you've, they've only had going into this year, four winning seasons in the last 19 years, um, which was one of the fewest in the league. Well, this was their eighth playoff win since 2011. That's a lot. So for a team that's yeah. not in the playoffs much, they, they make it count, man. How many co- playoff wins do the Cowboys have in the last 31 years? One. I think it's like one, yeah, one or two. One, they have eight since 2011. Yeah. So I thought that that was pretty cool. I did. You mentioned the Cowboys too. What a shit show! From their <laughs> like fake punt, and then they run the offense back on the field, or whatever they were trying to do to a yeah. quarterback sneak with whatever the hell there was. How much time was left? 14, 14 seconds. 14 seconds. 14 seconds. <laughs> to 14 penalties. You're trying to just tackle the running backs and call timeouts and you got defensive linemen tackling offensive linemen. What a shit show. Anytime you want to criticize Kyle Shanahan, think about Mike McCarthy. Oh my God, what a disaster. And then you have Dak Prescott saying, they're talking about the fans throwing stuff on the field. And he said, well, credit to, or throwing stuff to the officials. Well, credit to them then. Really? I don't remember one call that was ridiculous. I mean, the official kind of ran into him when he was going to spike the ball, which I thought was comical and funny. But Dak, yeah. you played, and I, I, I usually like Dak Prescott. He played yeah. awful. He was terrible. He was terrible. He was, he was terrible. terrible. How about going up there and just being like, well, whatever with the refs, like I got to play better. You were so bad. He was so bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everything with the Cowboys to me just seemed like a clown show. I know they still almost kind of pulled the game out at the end, but mm-hmm. the whole day for them seemed like a clown show. It was so funny because they, they, messes up so bad and they're complaining about the officiating like the the cowboys team and coaches mike mccarthy and dak prescott complaining about the officiating the national media is like oh you know who is to blame for the cowboys losses and mccarthy is the the refs and stuff like number one how about we blame the niners right because they absolutely come out came out and kicked the cowboys teeth in pretty much the entire game and it was only a game because our quarterback forgot how to take care of the ball and forgot Basically, basic football stuff they teach you in high school to get, let your guys get set and then snap the ball. Otherwise, that game is over. Otherwise, Dallas doesn't get a shot. And on top of that, again, special teams 
kicks the ball in the end zone. Mitch Wisnowski, who's been terrible this year, by the way, your fourth round punter, who's been terrible, kicks the ball into the end zone instead of pinning them down inside their own 10 and essentially gives them a, sh- a shorter field that they, w- that they would have had to come back and try to try to tie. So uh, so much stuff had to happen for Dallas even to get in the position to win or even get down there that people are forgetting. And once they did get down there, Al, wow. Like, I just can't believe, I can't believe how bad, how poorly they handled that. Number one, the Niners were giving up huge, huge chunks of yardage in the air. Just, it took them three plays to get down to the 40-yard line. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. This is not good. I'm like, I know exactly what's coming. It's going to be Hail Mary, and the Niners are going to lose the game on a Hail Mary to Dallas, and it'll become part of NFL legend, NFL lore. Instead, the football gods send a, a zebra to come in, <laughs> in in front of the Cowboys line. And I, I, number one, as soon as he ran the ball, I'm like, they're not going to have enough time. There's yeah. no way. And he, he, I thought that he would at least slide and get the first down. Like after like a couple yards, he's still running, still running down the field. Like you know, 15 yards later, slides down and all of a sudden pops up, gives the ball to his center for some reason. The center tries to snap the ball, but again, Al, this was the, the, the officials, they handled it correctly. That's a hundred percent the correct way to handle it. You can't spot your own ball. You can't do that. Anytime you see this, Al, we'll see it in the playoffs again, probably, right? At the end of a half or a game. Anytime you see this, when a team doesn't have any timeouts and they need to spike the ball, who do you give the ball to? Right. The official. Remember Larry right? Fitzgerald running, the running the ball to the official in that one game. Remember Fitzgerald when exactly. he literally ran it to him? Yeah. Yep, he literally went to him. Why? Because they have to spot the ball. And it's funny because now everything is like, you know, there's still the aftermath right now, right? So now people are posting pictures of where the ball was spotted by Dak Prescott and where the officials spotted the ball. He even spotted the ball himself a yard ahead of where he was down. So that was that, that in itself is why the officials spot the ball because it was not an accurate spot anyways. So when the official was like wrestling with them, like, oh, this game is over at this point. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And the first thing I, d- I did was I tweeted out, I'll take it, you know, I'll take that. I don't know what happened, but I'll take it. And I think that there is no one to blame but, number one, the 49ers, right, for beating the Cowboys, right, if you're looking for blame. Mm-hmm. But, number two, Mike McCarthy for calling and Dak Prescott for running a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left and thinking that you could actually spike it and get another shot. There is no way that you can f- – with a straight face in that situation with your season online, think that that is going to be the play that you call and the- they totally blew it. And I'm so happy that they blew it. And that's why Mike McCarthy and that's why Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl too. Right. Because Mike McCarthy was his coach for so many years. Right. We, we know McCarthy has this, has this, uh, uh, I guess about him where he just can't manage games. Well, how many times have they lost to Seattle? Cause McCarthy mismanaged a game right in Seattle in the playoffs. So just again, just hilarious stuff. I'm glad the Niners beat the Cowboys. Again, for you and I, Al, we have a deep hatred for the Cowboys that has lasted many decades. That that's not gone away, and just to get it in Dallas, where they have never won a playoff game, and for that to happen this way, where Dallas just like threw up all over themselves, is just so funny to me. It's so funny. I was on a conference call with McCarthy once, and I don't remember which Niners writer asked him this, but. He asked it jokingly, but McCarthy did not take it as a joke. But he said something along the lines of, um, Mike, what do you think about when people say you're a better coach with Aaron Rodgers on the field? Like kind of in jest. And he just like, there was like a real awkward pause. And he said, okay, guys. And he just hung up. <laughs> he just, what? Yeah, he just hung up. Are you, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how long ago was this? Oh, God. Three years ago, four years ago, maybe. I haven't done conference calls in a few years. Um, Man. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Might have been the year Rodgers was hurt recently. Um, I think it was okay. that year. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, he just got pissed and just hung up. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's. That's just the, one of the biggest clown show games to me. And yeah, the only reason they were even in it is because the Niners kind of kept him in it because the, yeah. Dallas was just what a joke. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan right now, you got to be sick. Got to be sick. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Alex, we're talking about spotting spotting the ball. They gave Debo the first down, right? They went back, they reviewed it for like ten minutes, right? On that third and on that third and ten play, Debo got nine and three quarters yards, right? Like he just missed it by the nose of the football. So they spotted it as a first down. They went back, they reviewed it, and they essentially gave Dallas life because it was it was fourth down at that point. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna complain about the officiating, just know that you got life because they went back and reviewed it and corrected a call. So let's not let's not get twisted here. And on top of that, people mm-hmm. are complaining about the officials. Oh, surprise, surprise. Dallas, the most penalized team in the league all year, commits penalties in the playoffs. What a shocker. You and know, not- they weren't a disciplined team. Right. They they were a lot of there were a lot of calls that they did miss too, that they were holding 49ers defensive linemen. I'm glad they, they did get them, but like they there were a bunch that they did miss, and Dallas is just one of those teams. So I'm not surprised at all that they committed penalties. I don't know why people are shocked about that. All right, Zane. What about game balls? Who's going to get your game ball this week? Man, it's just, wow. Uh, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico freaking Ryans, man. Unbelievable job against probably one of the best offenses that you're going to face all postseason in terms of firepower. Mm-hmm. Even like you look at Green Bay, they've got Aaron Jones, they've got Devontae Adams, but really the number two, like, you know, Lazard, St. Brown. Like, I mean, who, who uh, actually St. Brown's on the, on the, on the uh, lines now, I think. But yeah. Um, yeah, they've got Lazard over there. They've got other guys over there. Like, you know, who is going to be their number two uh, aside from Devontae Adams? If the Niners shut down Devontae Adams, they have a real chance to win this game. And I feel like D'Amico Ryans is, is going to have him in a position to win it. So D'Amico Ryans gets my game ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the big the big sack of balls, and I'm throwing them to the, all the defensive linemen today. Just, yeah. I thought, just an incredible job stepping up after Bosa went out. Like I said, it was a little bit of everybody that did something. And the whole defense played well. But, but I got to go with... Um, with a defensive lineman for that. And, and moving forward to Green Bay, look, two two big things are going to be Nick Bosa has a concussion. Is he going to be out there? You, you hope so. Fred Warner has a, had an ankle injury, which which looked a lot worse the way he was yelling on the ground. I thought he was done. Um, but he may, he may possibly be out there too. I haven't seen – have you seen any updates on that in terms of them playing? I haven't yet. No, but, I mean, it's a short week, and I think that that's to their disadvantage. Fred Warner seemed like he was going to play. Like, he's he's saying that he's going to try to play, it's, and it's Monday. That's recording the show, right? So it's early on in the week, and I think that he'll probably try to give it a go. Bo says a little bit different, right? Like, for all indications, like, after the game, his dad was saying that he was fine, and, like, Kyle was saying he was fine, and everybody said that Bo says fine, and it's not really up to how he feels, though, right? It's up to the, the, the specialist to clear him. Mm-hmm. And whether he clears protocol, he's got one less day to do it. And I think that's a huge disadvantage because, again, like a lot of times guys clear protocol like on a Saturday and, you know, they'll play on Sunday. So he he has to clear by Friday to be able to play by Saturday. And I think that there's there's a little bit of, of doubt there, but we'll know more later this week. But Warner, I think, will play. Uh, Jimmy with the sprained shoulder, he'll, he'll probably play most likely. Like, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're talking about a quarterback whose entire right arm, you know, is basically just – you know, right. a, a shell of it was what it was. Uh, he'll he'll probably try to give it a go because I don't think you can, tr- you can throw Trey Lance in this situation. And Warner for sure, I think will play. Yeah, that's going to be interesting with Gar- with Garoppolo. Like you said, he when he's hurt, it usually goes south. And he's got the thumb, he's got the shoulder. Um, he looked like he hurt mm-hmm. his gro- growing on one play too. 
Um, yeah, he just got he definitely got punched in the junk on one yeah, play. I yeah, saw he that. was kind of like. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know, man. I just this kind of feels like Green Bay's year to me. You know, you yeah. just get that feeling around a team, and I do think that. Um, so I, I I can't take the Niners this week. I don't I don't think they're going to win the game. But I regardless, like I said, this is house's money. Even if they do lose, man, I you know I kind of feel similarly to you. I, I thought that I was like, man, what with the, the the glow of that win quickly turned into like the reality that man, you have to go up to Lambeau in frigid temperatures against Aaron Rodgers, who's already pissed off at you because he's he's never beaten the 49ers in the playoffs, and eventually law of averages at some point gets you. Yep. And you are going with the quarterback who number one is not healthy and number two is not playing well either. And you were going up against a team in Green Bay that was right there last year, again, with with going to the championship game and played Tom Brady and was a game away from going to the Super Bowl. But you're going to, uh, again, I, I mean, they're, they're a team, Green Bay, that the Niners have played well and probably should have beat earlier on this year in, in Levi Stadium. But this is such a different atmosphere. And you're playing in Green Bay. It's going to be loud. There are not going to be near the amount of fans that are going to be there from the 49ers side. By the way, shout out to the faithful, man. What a showing. Keep showing up. They keep showing up. Keep showing up, man. Shout out to all those fans who who listen to us and maybe who don't listen to us that show up to games and go to opponent stadiums and absolutely take it over, right? Like by the end of that game, the Niners fans were louder than the Dallas fans. And it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. This is becoming one of the most well-traveled fan bases in the league now. It's awesome to see because I always wanted them to be that. Like when you see like cheeseheads all the time and Steelers fans all the time and Dallas fans coming here into Candlestick and you know all that stuff, and now it's Niners fans everywhere, and it's fantastic. It's awesome to see, and I hope a lot of them show up in in, in frigid temperatures in Lambo and and represent. But man, that being said, so you picked them to lose. You know what, Alan? Forget that. I'm gonna pick them to win. I'm gonna go opposite you because we have to have somebody that's wrong, right? Next week on the right. show, <laughs> this could be the last show. Of, this could be the last show of this season, right? With, yeah. with the Niners, but. But that's that's the reality of it, and we can't ignore that. But I think that we get at least one more week. The Niners will win. I'm hoping that Jimmy plays a mistake-free game. I'm done predicting how he plays because he's just so Jekyll and Hyde. But if he plays a mistake-free game, they can really win. And the Niners have the formula to beat Green Bay. They know that. With a healthy defensive line, they can probably get and 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 uh, get to Aaron Rodgers and fluster him a little bit. Mind you, that the game that they played here uh, you know, in primetime, in Levi Stadium when the Niners almost came back. The way that Aaron Rodgers started off that game, I've never seen a quarterback start off that hot. He was like 15 for his first 17. Mm-hmm. And the two the two passes that he that were incomplete were both drops. And he was throwing the ball into the tightest windows and just on a dime. And it was unbelievable how well he played. And I don't know if he can do that again against the Niners. Despite that, they almost came back and won anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say the Niners win. It'll be a close one. Maybe a, a last-second Robbie Gold field goal or a last-second touchdown, um, and I think the Niners will win. It's going to be fun. It's going to be another primetime game Saturday night. Niners Packers. You can't you can't ask for more than that. It's going to be great. And hopefully, Zane, you'll be right when we come on next week. It's going to be the Niners going to what their fifth NFC Championship game in the last ten years. Wow, wow, it would be they their made fifth, the, right? The, the four, yeah. The, so the four previous times they made the playoffs, they made it to at least the championship game every single time. So you're talking so, five NFC championships in, in 10 years, right? 10 years, yeah, for them if they do that. That's, that's I hope so, crazy man. to think I hope about. so. That is great. When you think about, again, they've only had four winning seasons the last 20 years, now five in the last 19 years that they would be in the NFC championship game, every single one of those five. That's crazy. This team lives in the NFC championship game, 80s, 90s, and even now. It's 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 insane. I love so it. Maybe they'll get there. I love it too. 
All right, we're going to find uh, really out. Quick, go ahead. Really quick before we go, really quick, just want to take a minute to talk about um, your guys up there in Buffalo, man. I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this during the week, but I never had a chance to. But Josh Allen, he, yep. he looks unbelievable. Yep. Like he looks like the best quarterback in the league right now. What they did to a very good New England defense was was just insane. It was awesome. I mean, it was not even a game. And you see a lot of Josh Allen because if you live in the area, you see a lot of the Bills, right? But I mean, like a lot of the, the the national people and people that specifically, you know, in California as well that don't get Bills games that don't see them, they're they're getting a good look at Josh Allen now in his second postseason, and it's just he's just been on second or third postseason. I can't remember, just but he's just been unbelievable. Third postseason, yeah. And if the Niners don't win it out, I want the Bills to win it. They deserve it. Yeah, I'm pulling. You know, my wife's a Buffalo girl, and I'm pulling hard for the for the Bills too to get there to the Super Bowl. A huge game against KC. You know, they they they, yep. they have a tough road, but it was great seeing. I love anybody anybody killing New England. It was great to see them do that. I mean, they were just as hot as can be. So yeah, I'm definitely the Bills are my AFC team. Um, that I always kind of pull for. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. But yeah, it's awesome. And Josh Allen's one. Definitely, I usually, like, my favorite non-49er, I like Peyton Manning for a really long time. Josh Allen is probably that guy now. I'm not a huge favorite player guy. I, I just, somebody I like to watch. Um, and Allen is right there for me now. So, it's a lot, lot of excitement about Florida. Them. So, yep. Awesome. All right, Zane. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we have another victory podcast next week. For Zane, this mm-hmm. is out. Yeah.